Hello and welcome to the DCU National Centre for Family Business podcast in association with our partner AIB. This podcast focuses on the 2022 annual conference. At this conference, our researchers launched groundbreaking new research entitled Continuity Through Regeneration and Resilience the key metrics of success and sustainability in Irish family businesses. The research focused on the regenerative power of Irish family businesses. This conference will provide you, the listener, with insights on how resilience and regeneration are key to continuity, success and sustainability of your family business. Good morning and uh, welcome to the fantastic Helix Theatre in Dublin on the campus of Dublin City University, also home of the National Centre for Family Business. And this is our 2022 annual conference. And uh, the theme this year is continuity uh, through regeneration and resilience. Uh, These are the key markers that identify Uh, in family businesses as regards their sustainability and success. Actually, not dissimilar because I was talking to Vincent about his dad, uh, a third, now in its third generation business. Um, If Glenisk is in most uh, fridges uh, uh, around, uh, well, most homes, particularly during COVID because we all took to DIY, have uh, this family's uh, product on their walls. If you don't, you're just not sophisticated enough. Uh, uh, you're, you're going for the cheap stuff rather than the premium stuff is what I would, uh, I would suggest. Ladies and gentlemen, from General Paints, would you please welcome the one and only, come ahead, Kevin O'Connor. <laughs> you were obviously off stage there listening to Vince, but like remarkable the similarities, because uh, uh, it was your dad who, who, who started uh, the paint business. And uh, ju- just, ju- just tell us about that. But, uh, y- you know, there's three bands. Color Trend is one that I'm very conscious of. But, but you call your, the, the company's General Paints. Yes. I, I mean, I think uh, the parallels between our business and Vincent's, it was just striking me right between the eyes there. Um, and uh, huge parallels in terms of regeneration, how they pivoted to yogurt. I mean, we started in 1953 as an industrial paint maker. And today, and 100% of what we made then was solvent-based paint. And today, we're a decorative paint maker, and 100% of what we make is water-based. So over our 70 years history, we've had quite a regeneration as well. But I think it was founded on, in, in my case, my dad started our business in 1953 and he, he defined resilience. I mean, the 1950s, 60s, 70s, 80s, and Vincent referred to them very, very, very tough years. And how he stuck at it, I don't know. There must have been many times it would have been easier to, to give up than to uh, keep going. And in my case, second generation, I really feel like I'm standing on the shoulders of my dad and he had done a lot of the hard work, um, and my job was quite a lot easier. Yeah, but when you talk about that move to water-based based, uh, and so on, um, 
you know, let's not play down Kevin's role here because Kevin, you, um, well, you were a chemist, so you, you actually knew what you were, you, you know, you brought a new expertise into the business. Yeah, I, I studied chemistry in uh, Trinity, are we allowed to mention that? <laughs> um, yeah, and then, and then I went to the States and I did a, a master's in business and kind of similar to uh, Vincent, that's where I met a beautiful young lady who I brought home, so I have an American wife. Um, and uh, yeah, I loved, I loved chemistry and we always, we, my dad's passion was making premium quality product. So he was a chemical engineer and we, we kept that. We always tried to make a paint that was a little bit better, that delivered a little bit more than it said on the can. Uh, now, also, you're one of the companies that thrived during COVID. Uh, you know, I mean, because people had nothing to do except do up their homes, etc. So um, I, I believe the market jumped, your DIY sort of revenues jumped by at least 20%. Yeah, that's true. Uh, it was, I mean, the, the first few weeks of COVID, we closed the plant down because we didn't realize we were going to be considered an essential industry. <laughs> and there was quite a lot of confusion. Um, but we, we were told to open back up and our customers who had, many of them had closed their doors as well, but these would be the independent hardware stores and paint shops around the country. Um, they all opened as well. And lo and behold, people were sitting at home with nothing to do, looking at their walls, thinking, well, maybe I'll do a bit of painting. So painting would have been one of the many um, aspects of home decor that experienced a boom during the, about a 20% boom. But believe me, that 20% is gone now. We're, we're back down to where it was. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. yeah, and one of the challenges, which we won't go into here, but I, I suppose if people did that big makeover, uh, they probably won't be doing one again for a while. So you'll be thinking of other markets uh, 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 as well. Um, you're no longer running the business. Uh, you're sort of the chair. And uh, Rachel has, has taken over. And as you know, uh, I, I know Rachel and I've done a bit of work with her. And um, you're tough. Am I tough? Um, well, you'd have to ask Rachel that. Um, she'd say you're tough. She'd say I'm tough. <laughs> no, okay. no, 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 but like you're, 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 you're exacting and you, you get that from very early on, your dad introduced an independent chairman and directors who were not family members. And you believe that's what changed yeah, the that whole was in my uh, In my era, actually, yeah, just yeah. in the early part yeah. of my era, we, uh, yes, um, we brought independent directors onto our board, which I think was one of our first steps in professionalizing our business. And it has certainly stood us very well. Um, so we have moved in, as the company has moved to Rachel and the third generation, uh, our board of directors have become more advisory. So we've two outside directors, we've myself and my wife as the family owners, and then we have Rachel and Katrina, our HR, head of HR, who represent really the executives. So we have a six-person board, but we do not deal with the day-to-day -day of the business. Rachel has a seven-person leadership team which run the day-to-day -day business and so we really did this separation of uh, church and state um, in the last few years and part of the role of being on the board and chairing the board is to challenge and challenge the decisions that the leadership team are making so um, 
Rachel, Rachel and I have fortunately a great relationship. Oh, you do, yeah, yeah. 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 But, 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 but uh, no, no, what I'm saying is, I, and you used the term, so c can I just pursue that, uh, professional? Um, there, there would be a view that family businesses, yeah, they're resilient, uh, they're into regeneration, um, but Kevin O'Connor is the ultimate professional. That's as I know of you. Okay, I think that's, well, I'd take that as a huge compliment. I, I, I would be more modest. I would think that, you know, we've an awful lot more road ahead of us than behind us. Um, but certainly one of our values as an organization is associations. And we work with uh, other paint companies, family-owned paint companies around the world. And it w it's been an absolutely brilliant thing for our company. Because uh, in our own market, we're up against four other multinational brands and we're the only real Irish company. Um, and it's when I went to some of those other family businesses in other countries and they opened their doors uh, to us, I realized they were a lot more professional. They were a lot better than we were in many cases. And so I borrowed uh, a lot of their um, processes and ideas and brought them back. So we were very, very lucky to have, uh, to have that outlet. And to be honest, I didn't know about DCU's National Center for Family Business, but it does rather the same thing. It's a, it's a place where one can learn what is best practice in family business. Um, but and I learned that predominantly through other family businesses in our industry. Yeah, in and, and uh, you chair the European uh, group, and, and you have done for a while, and they're not letting you step down because you've been one of the driving force. So you observed it, etc. But I, I, I just want to tease out that thing. Um, you know, what were they doing that was so professional that, that, that we still have to get around to you feel here as regards Irish businesses? Yeah, I mean, one of the things that struck me a few times in going into uh, other businesses, you see their, their mission statement and their values uh, in the entryway to the... Uh, I went down to a family business in New Zealand and they, they had the Irish flag flying outside and that made a huge difference to me. And I'm thinking, we don't really do anything for foreign visitors coming to our company. Um, and it was a whole myriad... Gavin of little things. It wasn't any one big light bulb, but it was a lot of little things. Yeah, so it's, a, to use an old 80s term that, that might be back in vogue, it was a pursuit of excellence that uh, had to be there right across the board. And, and then, because I touched on it earlier on, uh, so you're up against, you know, four big multinationals, but you have created a buying group or become part of a buying group of all of these family businesses. And in fact, uh, am I correct in saying that one of the products that you're bringing, which will be uh, mm -hmm. important, uh, important in a post-COVID world, you would have never developed, or you, 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 it would have taken you so much to do it, but it was the Greek member mm -hmm. of your group. That, so, so, so tell us about that, sorry. Well, I, I think the association started in the US. It's a group called Gill CPO, and we centrally buy raw materials, and collectively the number four in the world in buying raw materials for paint. But then it, uh, and these were all family businesses competing against the same multinationals. Um, and we, uh, we were the only European member originally, but then we recruited a few others that I knew in Europe. And now today we're 17 European paint companies, all family owned uh, across 17 different countries. Um, 
And it has, the, the association has also expanded. We're now 80 companies globally, but it's expanded to, uh, originally it was founded on the basis of raw material and um, collectively purchasing, central purchasing, maybe a little bit like a cooperative of raw materials. And we hired a professional team to act on our behalf. But then when we were getting together on that endeavor, we realized we could share an awful lot on marketing. And so we have a separate organization uh, called Color Guild on um, marketing. And we, we share marketing ideas, what works, what doesn't work. In our industry, we have visualizers for how, and all of that has been developed at our Color Guild level. And then the third area is technical. So we're part of Coding's Research Group International, CRGI. Uh, and that's for our formulations and techniques, and we all share quite a bit there. And we have a lab based in the US uh, that's owned by CRGI. So these associations have gone a lot farther than they even originally envisaged. Um, but it has been a terrific resource for us. Being a family business up against multinationals, we have all of this behind us, and it's given us a huge leg up. So. What I'm taking away from what you're saying, Kevin O'Connor, is, uh, you know, that networking uh, has been hugely helpful and beneficial uh, to General Paints, the, uh, your, your, your company. Um, and uh, you, j just tell me more about family businesses, sort of, you know, be it the National Centre here or be it the uh, Northern Ireland uh, Family Business Forum, which we'll be hearing about next. Um, you know, if you join one of those, what, what should you be looking to achieve? Yeah, I think, you know, I think family business, and we've learned an awful lot in the National Centre here about family business in Ireland. That 65% number, I think, gave us all quite a wake-up call that it's a, it's a big part of, of Ireland. Um, and I think we probably underestimate the power of, uh, of family business in Ireland. And I feel, I, I feel if family businesses uh, professionalize a little bit more, we'll grow a lot more. And it, for us, it's been, as we professionalize a bit more, we've gained more and more market share. Um, and I, I think there's huge opportunity for growth of family business in Ireland. I think, you know, it's been mentioned already, we tend to be much longer term thinking than maybe a PLC, which is looking at its profit before tax next quarter. Family business often is not worried about profit before tax next quarter. It's looking at what's happening on a five, 10. Um, I even have one business uh, that I spoke with, a family business, and they said they took a decision that they reckon was going to benefit them in 50 years time. Um, that was. Yeah, and, that, and that, that, that only happens in family business. Only in family businesses. And what's happening more and more in family businesses, thankfully, is, uh, it, you know, it, it's not Maloney's and son or sons. Uh, it is Maloney's daughters and our daughters. Uh, and uh, so the process by which Rachel became MD, how long was that in, uh, in the milk churn? Well, in our case, we had, uh, my wife and I have three daughters, um, so we had no idea if we were going to have succession. I imagine most family businesses are the same. Uh, we didn't put our children under any pressure that they had to come into the family business. Uh, they all ended up coming in, working. We had a paint shop, a retail paint shop attached to our factory in Selbridge. 
And so all of our girls, we didn't give them pocket money. We, we gave them jobs selling color. And they all learned, how to, how, learned about color and how to sell color. Um, and they all worked there for their pocket money, and they all loved it. And as soon as they were tall enough to where they looked like they knew what they were talking about, they were, they were working in it. Um, and so they grew up in the family business. Uh, we, we then developed a, a little bit of a family charter, um, and it was very loose. I, I didn't even know about the term family charter before, but we talked about the business, and we said, if you're interested in coming into the business, we think you should work elsewhere first. Uh, and that was Tamara and I, that's kind of what we felt was the right thing. And um, uh, so in Rachel's case, uh, she did engineering, and then she went to the States and did a master's in management, and she got recruited into the high-tech sector in San Francisco. Now, because she's got an American mother, she had an American passport, so she could stay there as long as she wanted. And she was really enjoying it and stayed five years there, but she turned 30 years of age, and Daddy got a phone call to say, uh, you know, Dad, I, I'm still single, haven't, haven't met anyone here, I'm enjoying it, but I really think I'm gonna, I'd like to live in Ireland. And my question is, if I come home, will you give me a job? So uh, that was how yeah. that started. That, that decision didn't take long, I'm sure. But, no. uh, uh, and uh, it, it is um, a very significant decision for a family, uh, isn't it? It is. And we, and we got a bit of advice and a bit of help. So we set a three-year program uh, for Rachel in the business. Now, she already had worked summers in the paint shop and all, so she knew a bit about it but she did six months stints in the different aspects of the business. Um, and we prepared her to take on the CE role. And, and she took that on then on the um, 1st of March, 2020, which was 13 days before the COVID shutdown. That, that, that was a challenge, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. A bit yeah. of a baptism of fire. Um, but on, on the other hand, you know, we talk about resilience and I, I think you know, in a family business, you have resilience definitely from the first generation because I don't think it gets off the ground. I mean, in our case, it was 30 years before we sold a million, and that was always my dad's target, to sell a million a year. Um, but it was into the 1980s before we did that. And funny to hear Vincent with, some, with a, similar, yeah. a similar number. Um, but he showed the resilience, and I think, you know, I had to show a little bit of resilience at, time, at times, but... Definitely the COVID uh, challenged Rachel, and I think the wonderful thing for me is she so, showed terrific resilience. Oh, yeah. Uh, no, take it from me. Yeah, uh, you, you're, you're, you're blessed with uh, uh, your, 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 your family, and uh, uh, good luck to, 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 to Rachel. Uh, she, she will move it on yet again. Mm. Uh, but can I just finally talk about the product, etc.? There is an Irish colour palette, isn't there? There, there are certain colours that are Irish. And we're not just talking about a Paul Henry blue in a painting, you know, or a Connemara grey, but they're, they're, they are. And that's something you have exploited. Yeah, I, th I think there is. Um, I would always have been more on the technical side of paint, but we have had a terrific marketing teams over the years. And uh, we, we did... 
promote our brand as, you know, my, my dad coming back from the States, having worked in the States for a few years, coming back, founding a company, and wanting to put Ireland in paint, so taking the colours of the Irish landscape. And yeah, there are definitely, with the lighting in Ireland, there are hues and shades uh, that work best, and we were in a great position to exploit that. A lot of our multinational competitions, their palettes are developed abroad. Yeah, well, I want to thank you because uh, when Vincent was saying, you know, Ireland wasn't an exciting place in the 70s, I think it's fair to say we were all fed up with Magnolia at that stage, you know what I mean? Yes, yeah. uh, and uh, thanks to your family, we've been introduced to an array of colours and a palette we would have never contemplated, and now we can't get get by without them. And whilst you uh, very deftly and modestly pushed uh, the colour stuff away from you, the fact that your paints don't fade, sir, that's your technical expertise. That's right, that's right. So well done on all you've done, well done on a family business, and well done on sharing it so openly with us here this morning. Ladies and gentlemen, Kevin O'Connor. Thank you, Gavin. And give my regards to Rachel. Thank you. I want to thank the families who spoke today, uh, to the Cleary family, the Anon family, to the O'Connor family, uh, and, and their inputs are really much, very, very, very much appreciated. Just one special thanks to the people we don't see out here, but uh, the organising team, a lot of organisation went into this event, and a particular special thanks to Ellen Drum. Thank you for joining us today. DCU, National Centre for Family Business, have produced this podcast in association with our partner, AIB Bank.